valuable possession. <laughs> Jason said his TV. And then maybe what is what is the thing that means most to you? So maybe it's not a possession. Maybe it's um, your family. Maybe it's your sanity. Maybe it's you never know. What is the thing you, you hold most dear or that you are most proud of? Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1, Paul says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write to you the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of mutilation, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these things I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, in if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold that for that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, And reaching forward to those which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So what what is it that is most valuable to you or what is it that you uh, take the most joy in? Here, uh, Paul is continuing on in Philippians and he's talking to them uh, about things that at one time in his life he had held most dear or he had taken glory in. Uh, for many people, they, they take glory, they take joy, they take pride, maybe in their, their family uh, um, history, their family ancestry and going on and, and dedicating time to know, you know, where did our family come from and figuring all of that. For other people, it's other things. But we all dedicate time and sacrifice for those things that we hold most dear. For some, they hold most dear having uh, wealth or trying to get a certain amount of wealth. And they will sacrifice things that others hold most dear. Uh, Maybe they're willing to sacrifice family. They're willing to sacrifice time that could be spent with doing this in order that they might uh, be promoted in their job. They might get a certain amount of money. Uh, Athletes, we we can look at them and professional athletes, the ones that are are at the top of their game, sacrifice greatly in order to be at their peak. Um, the Olympics are coming up, 
And those athletes are sacrificing. They're probably not eating uh, desserts like we just had downstairs. Because they're, they have a single focus. They're forsaking those things in order to achieve something else. And so Paul here is saying, the things that I once would have boasted in or taken pride in or taken joy in, I now count as loss for the sake of knowing Christ. So the things that were my life before, before knowing Christ, I have forsaken all, and now they I count them as loss for the excellency of knowing Christ. So what are some of the things that Paul uh, shares with us here that he could have boasted in? He says, I could have boasted in my heritage, uh, in my heritage that he uh, here in verse um, five, he said that I, he was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, um, referring back. He is to of the uh, the covenant with Abraham in Genesis 17 of uh, being circumcised the eighth day that from birth he has been obedient to the law that he is saying my heritage that that i have i from a child from birth i have been obedient to the law he says from the stock of israel his his family was one that uh had not converted and become an israelite but he says you you track my family back and i am from what we would say good stock, right? I am from, I am from great lineage. Look back to my family. I am, I am a Hebrew of Hebrews that among his own people, um, he was held in, in high regard that he was of the tribe of Benjamin. Now, in our society, we may not hold in, we may not take as seriously the idea of what is your, uh, who are your ancestors, who are you, you know, unless you had like some royal bloodlines. Um, and some people have, can trace back and have, you know, I had uh, my great-great-grandparents were rulers over here and this is where they came from. But Paul said, I could have achieved great, and I did achieve through my heritage, great pride. So he could have boasted in that and he could have boasted in his religious dedication. So he's saying what God blessed me with by putting me in the family that he did and the line that he did, which Paul had no, that was not up to him where you are born, what family you are born into is not up to you. But he's saying how God blessed me in that I could have boasted in, but in my religious dedication, I could have boasted. Now, when we think of Pharisees, we often think of how Jesus came down hard on Pharisees. But in Paul's day, when he was, as he's talking to them, the Pharisees had been held. They were, they were the religious elites. Okay. So it's not like we think of, oh, Jesus often criticized the Pharisees. And in our minds, that's often what we think of. But Paul is saying, here I am. I, he took very seriously his dedication to religion, to studying the law. Uh, we learn in Acts 22 that he was trained by one of the greatest uh, teachers. Um, and he was dedicated to the truth. If you look, he says, uh, verse 6, concerning zeal, 
persecuting the church concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. That as far as his dedication to uh, religion, he was willing to persecute the church. And that's what, when you first look at his life, that's where we see him in his going after Christians and finding them. Because at that time in his life, what he was seeing was, hey, these are these people are speaking lies. They are in opposition to what is true. And until Christ came and transformed his heart, he was dedicated to the point of following what he believed. Uh, so he was very dedicated to his religion, but he was also dedicated to his own self-righteousness, that he did not boast in that any longer. He said, concerning righteousness, which is of the law, blameless. Now, as we look, we know that blameless does not mean uh, without sin, but in concerning the law, he was dedicated to following the law exactly. It wasn't like he just took it lightly. Oh, I'll do what, whatever. He took it very, very seriously in being dedicated to be obedient to the law. Uh, so even in his own self-righteousness, he could have boasted in of, look what I have achieved. Here's what God blessed me with. Here's what I have achieved on my own in my dedication to following Christ. But he said, I count all of that as loss. Now, if you remember in Philippians chapter 2, he was saying, look at Christ who humbled himself and did not, the fact that he was God, he did not, he uh, humbled himself and became a man and died a horrible death on the cross. And we ought to also follow Christ's obedience in that, in humbling himself. And Paul then is going on and showing us I also could have boasted in this, but I am taking on humility for the sake of knowing Christ. So he gave us our first and chief example of look at Christ's example of humility. And then I am following that same example that Christ gave in not boasting in these accomplishments that I have that once were my life. Now Christ is my life. So when Paul came to know Christ... He turned his back on everything that he had once loved and treasured. And now he said to him, it is rubbish or it is dung or um, we won't go into the, this morning uh, vomit. Uh, it is it is disgusting, right? Um, there's nothing. Well, we'll just leave that there. It's it was disgusting. He did not take glory in it. Now, we often look uh, at things as, and people uh, look at the cup half full or the cup half empty, and we often look at what do we have to, what is God asking me to sacrifice? But instead, we ought to be looking at what do I have to gain by seeking him above all else? Uh, you know, the Bible gives us some examples of people that held on to things instead of holding on to Christ. Uh, think of the rich young ruler. When he talked to Jesus, it says that when he heard what Jesus told him, that he went away sad. Now, we don't know what happened. At Maybe he came back around at the end of his life, but he was not willing to part with his riches. He held on to those instead of holding on to Christ. Look at uh, King Solomon, that it says that he loved uh, many foreign women. Well, he loved all women, you might say, if you look at his life. 
But what was it? He came back at the end of his life and he says the most important thing is to fear God and keep his commandments. He was seeing how younger in his life he had made a mistake. Instead of clinging to God, he was clinging to all these other things. So just like Paul, God is asking us to let go of certain things in our life. Let go. What are things that you cling to instead of finding your satisfaction in him? First of all, I need to let go of my pride. Now, whether this is before you're coming to know Christ as your Savior, if if um, you don't know Christ as your Savior, the first step is humbling yourself to the point of, Lord, I need you. I am a sinner. I cannot, I cannot earn my way back to you. I need you. Humbling yourself at the point of the cross. I think of... Uh, Pilgrim's progress as he kneeled down at the cross, and it was when he kneeled down that he felt the burden, the weight of his sin fall off. So the first step of humility is kneeling at the cross, but then after that, it's a it's a constant, a daily humbling ourselves before Him, Lord. That I'm not going to glory in my own achievements or accomplishments. I'm going to glory in you. Uh, in Isaiah, it says that even our righteousness is as filthy rags. Isaiah 64 and verse 6. That even the best that we can do is as filthy rags. You think of a, a child bringing their art project to you. And the joy that they have as they bring, oh, look what look what I drew for you. And it, they're really little, and you're like, I don't, I'm not really sure what it is, but look how excited they are to offer this to you. I made this for you, the joy. And I think that's how we are when we come to God and say, God, I don't have much to offer, but I'm giving this to you in humility. So the first step of letting go is letting go of my pride. But then we need to, just like Paul, we need to let go of our heritage and maybe it's not your family heritage, but uh, there's a song that says, I'm proud to be an American. Right? We have been blessed of God to be able to be in this great country, and we ought to give thanks. But many times, as Americans, we let our pride of being Americans, I was going to say Trump, our, take the place, take the place of our pride of being a citizen of heaven. We ought to fight to defend the freedoms of this country. We ought to be great citizens of this country. But we are first and foremost citizens of heaven. And so are you daily proud to be a citizen of heaven? Do you dedicate as much time and concern for being a citizen of heaven as you do for being a citizen of this country. So do you value your American heritage uh, and devote more time to that more than you do to knowing Christ? If you sit and watch the news and devote tons of time, I need to know what's going on. What are they deciding here? What laws are they passing here? But you can't find time to spend in God's word. You're more concerned with your citizenship here than you are in heaven. But we also can glory in our heritage of our family. And God designed the family, and it's a great gift from him, 
but it is not meant to be first place in our life. So as great as the gift is that God gave us of our family, if I allow that to be my joy, my goal, my pride, it has become an idol in my life and has taken the place that only God deserves. So we also ought to let go of our life. Let go of my life. And there are many things that fall under this. Let go of my time. Lord, my time is not my own. Now, it's easy for us to say, my time is not my own. Our time is in God's hands. You know, he knows. But when God brings an interruption into your day, especially when it's a busy day that you have, how do you respond? Is it, how can this be going on and get upset? Maybe get angry at what's going on? Or do you see that my time is in God's hands? If, if I firmly believe that he is in control of all things, then even this interruption that has come in is in God's hands. So if I am surrendering my life, if I say, I, all things that were gained to me before, I count them as loss for the knowledge of Christ, and I, I count them all as rubbish, then even my own time or my reputation being a follower of Christ may not always bring the highest respect and the highest praise in the world. Maybe, maybe you're really struggling. Uh, you know God has prompted you to give one of those cards to somebody. You're like, man, what are they gonna, what are they gonna think when I hand that to them? What are they going to, how are they going to view me? Or maybe it's the fact that your neighbors think you're crazy because you Spend so much time at church. I am counting my reputation as loss for the sake of knowing Christ. When, when all things come, when my life comes to an end, it's not going to matter to me. Oh, I wonder what this group of people thought, or I wonder what this, it's going to matter what God thought. So I count my reputation as loss. I count my, finances as loss for the cost cost of Christ, of knowing him, that my money in my life is not going to take higher priority than God. I also count in my life my relationships. I leave those to him. No, no, Paul is not saying, I've given up on everybody else. Um, I've burned all bridges. It's only Christ. He is writing to encourage the believers here as he's sitting, sitting in prison and he's writing them and he's saying, it's all worth it for the sake of knowing Christ. He's, he's building those relationships, but they're built on Jesus Christ. He said, I also leave my past, forgetting those things which are behind. Now, you may look at your past and you may have some great accomplishments and you may have some great things, but that you need to leave behind for the sake of pressing on toward Christ. Uh, maybe even in your Christian walk. Man, I remember five years ago, I was so on fire for God. And you're still living on that five years ago. It's pressing forward to know Christ. But maybe your past is full of mistakes. Maybe it's full of pain. Maybe it's full of, of headache. And you need to leave that behind. And say, God, you know what happened then. I'm pressing on to know you. I'm forgetting what is behind and pressing on. 
So moving past in your life, your past, but then also letting go of your life in letting go of your limitations. Every one of us in here have limitations. And those limitations change in your life, don't they? Uh, what limited you at one time maybe doesn't now. Or maybe it has come back around and is limiting you again. Lord, I am leaving those behind. I am letting go of those. They are outside of my control. They are in God's hands. I am letting those go for the sake of knowing you. So you may not have things to be proud of that you feel like Paul did. But maybe God is asking you to leave the rubbish of your past to him and stop dwelling on it and seek after him. The offertory that Kathy played today was, I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I'd rather have Jesus than fame and wealth and all of this. I'd rather have Jesus. And then she, with that was another song that said, give me Jesus. You can have all the world, but give me Jesus. What Paul is saying here is there is no greater treasure in this world than knowing Christ. And Christ is waiting for you to come and to seek after him. This isn't a hidden treasure that maybe one day you'll be lucky enough to find. He said, you will find me when you seek for me with all your heart. So today I say, and I encourage you, men, great opportunity of getting alone with God. Well, I have this going on. I have that. I have a busy schedule. My time is not my own. Right? We can find time to do other stuff. Lord, my time is not my own. I'm letting go of that, and I'm seeking you. Seek after him with all of your heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, it it is mind-blowing to think that you desire us. That you desire a relationship with us. That you are... um, pursuing us, and that so many times we make excuses why we do not pursue you. Lord, I pray just like Paul learned in his life that we would count all as loss for the sake, for the joy of knowing you. Lord, you desire um, us to know you personally and what a joy it is to be able to know you personally. And we look forward to the day, Lord, in heaven when there will be no more battle taking place, when we will know you fully, when we will not have to uh, be making that daily choice of whether we will seek you or seek our own way. So, Lord, we look forward to that day, but I pray that in the time that you give us here, that we will make the most of each day. That we would see our time through your eyes. That we would see our lives through your eyes. Lord, you are the only thing that is worthy of our praise, that is worthy of our very breath. And we give you thanks today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.